please find the scripture in your the Bibles at your rack or in your personal Bibles or in your mobile devices. Um, we're reading from this morning from Romans 8, 1 through 14. 8th chapter, 1 through 14. For those that are looking at the Pew Bibles, uh, hymnals, Bibles, uh, it's page 1183. It's page 1756 if you have the large print. Romans 8, first verse. Therefore, and when I hear therefore, my Sunday school teacher has taught me that there's something that came before that that makes a difference. So if in your spare time, you go back and read in the seventh chapter, you'll see that Paul spent a good bit of time struggling with sin and understanding that it was difficult for all of us. And he summed it up when he said, What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. So then we take the therefore. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do in that it was weakened by our sinful nature, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering. So He condemned sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirements of the law might be fully met in us who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. The sinful mind is hostile to God, does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those controlled by the sinful nature cannot please God. You, however, are controlled by the Spirit. You are controlled not by the sinful nature, but by the Spirit, if the Spirit of God lives in you. And if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, he does not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, Your body is dead because of sin, yet your spirit is alive because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies through his spirit who lives in you. Therefore, brothers, we have an obligation, but it is not to the sinful nature to live according to that. For if you live according to the sinful nature, you will die. But if you live by the Spirit, you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. Because those who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. And God bless the reading of this word.
Does it look a little bit different up here? I was just thinking I probably should have said something about that because some of you probably haven't been able to sing a word the whole service because you've been wondering why, what, what is it that looks different up there? Something, did he cut his hair? Uh, but it wasn't, it wasn't that. Um, you'll notice the organ used to sit there and now it's not there anymore and a few other little things have changed too but that was kind of the, I guess the impetus for the change. And from what I understand on that is that our organ had been slowly given out. <laughs> it, had been, it fought the good fight, <laughs> ran the race, but it was struggling. And uh, wh- another thing about organs nowadays is it's hard to find anybody to work on it. So what I'd heard from the trustees was that they tried and tried to get, you know, find parts for it and things like that. And uh, nobody seems to work on those anymore. And we've got uh, an electric piano over here that makes great organ sounds, and that's what they... Uh, tend to play when they need an organ sound anyhow. And so uh, we actually found a church uh, who was needing an organ, even though it was limping, they said it would be better than what they had. So they came and got it, and so we were able to be a blessing to somebody else in the process. And so I just wanted to let you know what was going on there in case you were scratching your head. So, Well, hey, we just read a passage that uh, I, the first time that I've really encountered the book of Romans or remember studying it like in college when I went to a Christian university boy it's just there's a lot of depth to it and and sometimes the way the apostle Paul writes in his letters and particularly this letter in Romans I mean it's just deep and you kind of struggle to get through it and you read all that and you're like man that's I'm sure it's good but I need to read that about four more times you know to to try and wrap my mind around it uh, but boy, I've really just, the, the more I've dug into Romans, the more I just am, am wowed and, and just learned so much because it's, it truly is uh, deep stuff, good stuff. That passage we just read, Paul describes one of the great battles of all time. It's on the scale of Ali versus Fraser. Or even uh, the North versus the South. Axis versus the Allies. Or the great battle of the Rebellion versus the Empire, if you're a Star Wars junkie like me. I'm really not that uh, much of a geek. I just enjoy it (laughs) from time to time. But in this passage in Romans, Paul describes a different sort of, of battle that takes place and has been taking place amongst Christ followers for since the beginning of Christ followers. It's the battle between our flesh, the ways of the world, and the Spirit, or the ways of God. Now we're in a series on the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is something that, you know, many times gets kind of left to the side, out of the focus, out of the limelight. We don't talk about the Holy Spirit a lot, unfortunately, in many of our churches nowadays. And so that's led to some people calling the Holy Spirit the forgotten God. And we don't want to forget Him, so we're talking about Him in this series, and we're talking about how I believe the Holy Spirit is the most relevant person of God to your everyday life as a Christian today. God did not just stay up in his high heaven and 
stay up there and just kind of oversee things from on high and leave us to our own devices. He did not just come down once, die on a cross, raise from the dead and go back up again to leave us to our own devices. But he sent us the promised Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is that third person of the Trinity. The Trinity is, is the belief that Christians have held since the beginning of Christendom that, there are, uh, that God is three in one. He's the Father, He's the Son, He's the Holy Spirit, um, but He is God. And so the Holy Spirit has been sent here to live in me, to live in you, to, to be involved in the church, to be involved in the world as God present in our lives. And therefore, it's a shame when we ignore Him or don't, you know, are not mindful of His presence or of His ability to help us. So often the things that we struggle with and pray about and, and ask God's help in, the Holy Spirit is standing right there ready to provide it. He is the comforter. He is the counselor. He is the helper. He is uh, what, he's our guide. And so when, whenever we lack one of those things, we can call on the Holy Spirit to help us. And we're going to share a little bit more about him today because he also plays the key role in this conflict, this battle that takes place in a spiritual sense in our souls. God's way of life versus the world's way of life. We were designed by God in the beginning to live a certain way, God's way. And when we're living that way, things tend to function as they should. If everybody was living that way, things would run along smoothly. That's because our Creator designed us it's for a certain purpose. Kind of like, you know, maybe a car is designed for diesel fuel. Well, if you put unleaded in there, it ain't going to run right. Anyone ever tried it? <laughs> Hope not. You've seen those commercials probably of the ladies about to put diesel in her car and... and it turns out it was a diesel car, but in the meantime, everyone's running and shouting, No! Don't put, <laughs> don't put diesel in your car. We're designed to live life God's way. That's the way He designed it. But we've chosen as humanity to live life our way. And when we did that, things started coming unglued and apart at the seams. And therefore we have the state that we find ourselves in Today, in the world, with so much darkness and conflict, there are still good things in the world, sure. But there's also so much hopelessness and despair and trouble of every kind. Let's look at this verse from the passage that we just read a moment ago. This, in a nutshell, describes... What's going on with this conflict within us? And he says, if you are living according to the flesh, the world's way, then you must die. Sooner or later, we perish. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, then you will live. <laughs> the world's way and God's way. And Paul here says we should be 
with the Spirit's help, because we know we need it. It's not a battle we can find our, fight on our own. But with His help, we should be putting to death the deeds of the body. Now we may be about to talk about fruit today, but there's nothing fruity about this, alright? This is violence. This is a war. This is a battle. This is a conflict of epic proportions. This is us getting serious about living God's way and about putting to death the things of the flesh, of this world's way of living. The way of living that we used to embrace must die. And what God wants to grow in us must be born. And so I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to Galatians chapter 5. What Paul lays out in details in Romans 8, he also touches on in Galatians 5. And here, he, many of the letters that he wrote were not quite so uh, mind-numbingly deep <laughs> as Romans, I guess you could call it. And so Galatians, he's got a little bit more of a, it's the same topic, but kind of a plainer talk. More down to earth and even complete with the illustration of fruit that we'll get to. But let's just read for a moment in Galatians 5, starting at verse 16. Paul writes, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. For the sinful nature desires what is contrary to the Spirit, and the Spirit what is contrary to the sinful nature. They are in conflict with each other, so that you do not do what you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under law. The acts of sinful nature are obvious, plain to see. They are things like sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery. Idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the sinful nature with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Same topic. Conflict between our old self and our new self in Christ. Did you hear what it said? In fact, it said the word conflict. They are in conflict with each other. The sinful nature, the old man, and this new spirit that's been cre- being created in us through God's Holy Spirit. And then he gets towards this illustration that we're going to be talking about today of fruit. And first, what he does on the way to describing this fruit of the Holy Spirit, he spends a few moments contrasting it in a list. And he talks about some very specific symptoms of the flesh. 
And these are symptoms of what we might would call, could call like worldly fruit. Symptoms of what happens when we live the opposite of the fruit of the Spirit. And so I've kind of compiled a list here of things we could call fruit of the flesh, or weeds of the world, or whatever you want to call it. As long as the, you have the alliteration of the... No, sorry. Okay, English teachers will get what I was talking about. Fruit of the Spirit on this side, fruit of the flesh on this side. And here's the thing about how these are, are such direct opposites and how this works. See, God's way and the world's way are just at odds with each other. Rather than living in hate or lashing out in fear, the Spirit grows in us love. Rather than wallowing in hopelessness and despair, the Spirit grows in us joy. Rather than becoming overwhelmed by anxiety and worry, the Spirit grows in us peace. Rather than moving quickly to anger and resentment, the Spirit grows in us patience. Rather than pursuing self and all the things we envy, the Spirit grows in us kindness. Rather than putting on masks and phoniness, the Spirit grows in us goodness, or that can also be interpreted integrity. Rather than using people for our own ends, the Spirit grows in us faithfulness. Rather than running people over in our own sense of self-importance, the Spirit grows in us gentleness, or that could also be said humility. And rather than indulging our every desire or impulse, the Spirit grows in us self-control. And again, Paul says in here, in that section we just read, those who belong to Jesus have crucified the sinful nature. Again, that language of violently putting to death something. And we are to be violently putting to death the things of the flesh, And asking God to help grow within us those good fruits. What can we say about fruit? Well, we can say that fruit is typically sweet. It's good. We can say that it grows over time. We can say that it proceeds from what is within. Something that comes from the inside out. And fruit also identifies a plant for what it is. Now, something about this fruit in particular. You should notice that it says, these things are the fruit of the Spirit. That's singular. These aren't the fruits of the Spirit. This is different than gifts that we talked about last week. We talked about spiritual gifts last week and how the Holy Spirit grows in, in different ones of us certain gifts, spiritual gifts, the ability to do something that without God's power, we wouldn't be able to do it. And it says in, in God's Word that, you know, you may have one spiritual gift and I may have another, and someone else may have another, and all that's fine. And He gives gifts according to who needs what. But this is different. This is not gifts. This is not fruits. This is the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And this is what the Holy Spirit grows in each of us that follow Him and that ask for His help 
to grow these things in us. So if you're excelling at one of these and doing awful at the others, there's a problem. <laughs> All of these things need to be grown in us. These are these together make up the fruit of the Spirit. Now here's another thing. An apple tree bears apples. And if a tree failed to bear apples or bore some other fruit, that would be an indicator as to the health of the tree or what kind of tree it is. Wouldn't it? If it didn't bear any apples, we'd say, well, okay, maybe it's just too young to bear apples and it just needs some time. Or maybe it's sick, or maybe it's too old, or maybe it's just got some kind of disease or problem or the soil's not good or we've got to diagnose the issue here. Or if it started bearing pears, we'd say, oh, I thought that was an apple tree, but I guess it's a pear tree. Well, a Christ follower should bear fruit of the Spirit. And if we don't, then we need to diagnose the problem. And if we're giving some other kind of fruit, well, then that tells who we really are. But bear in mind, don't beat yourself up too much, because yielding quality fruit takes time. Ask people who have a, a, a successful orchard or even just one fruit tree that's doing great. Usually, that doesn't just happen. You don't just plant the tree and then plant the tree and then it's just doing perfectly. You have to tend them. You know, you have to pick off some of the fruit early on so that the other fruit can be good. It takes work. It takes management. It takes kind of a, a view of the long term to get a tree to where it will be a good fruit tree. Now, it can also mean, you know, sometimes something pleasant like watering. You know, that's nice. We'd all like to be watered from time to time. But it can also mean pruning and things like that, which can be a little bit more painful at times. So just be aware that to grow good fruit and quality fruit in abundance takes time and effort and work and this work of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Sometimes pleasant work, sometimes less pleasant work. Now, another warning here is against trying to produce the fruit on your own without the help of the Holy Spirit. Because this tends to get us into all sorts of trouble. It's kind of like the difference between a Christmas tree and an apple tree. Christmas tree and an apple tree. Now, what's the difference? Well, remember I said fruit grows from the inside. Well, people who, and Christians who have been trying to produce this fruit of the Spirit on their own without the help of the Holy Spirit, well, it's kind of like decorating a Christmas tree. And you hang the things on there, and you get it looking nice, and on the surface, you look real nice and sparkly. You got lights, maybe even. But it's just all on the surface. It's not coming from within, and it's not real fruit. Let me give you just a few examples of how the fruit of the Spirit can kind of get messed up 
if we just try to manufacture it on our own. Consider love. We fake love sometimes by loving selfishly. Or in other words, we love someone because of how they make us feel rather than just loving them for who they are. Or sometimes we fake joy by finding happiness in God's blessings rather than in our relationship with Him. Does that make sense? We, we find happiness when God gives us something good and we, we try to make that look like true Christian joy. But really we're just happy about what God's done for us not happy about who he is or our relationship with him. Sometimes we fake peace by, uh, you know, the way we get rid of worry is we just stop caring about stuff. If I just don't care about it, then I won't worry about it. And then it'll look like I've got peace, you know. But really, we're just going about it the wrong way. Rather than trusting God, truly, we're just kind of adopting a sense of apathy, of don't care. Sometimes we fake kindness because we do something out of kindness so that we can feel good about ourselves and what we've done or so that someone else will pat us on the back. And this isn't true kindness, it's just Christmas tree kindness. And the last one I'll mention, and there's, you could think of one of these for every fruit of the Spirit, but with uh, self-control. Sometimes, you know, we accomplish the the look of self-control by just being out of control in the right areas (laughs) so that other people think we're in control. You know, if if you'll just become a workaholic and dress in your suit and tie and head off to work 80 hours a week, then people will think, boy, he must have lots of self-control and discipline to do all that. Look at that guy go. But really, you're out of control. You're just out of control in a respectable way. (laughs) See, a good counterfeiter can wind up with a pretty nice looking Christmas tree. But none of it's really good fruit because good fruit and sweet fruit and nourishing fruit is grown from within. And real fruit is the result of the Holy Spirit in you. Do you want to know whether or not you have the Holy Spirit at work in your life? (laughs) We can tell a tree by its fruit. And you can tell whether the Holy Spirit is at work within you by simply examining your life. Ask someone else to examine your life and say, Hey, you knew me before and you know me now. Is there any difference there? Can you see any change from the old me and the new me? Can you tell any ways that God is working on me lately? In the last five years, have I improved at all? (laughs) Or maybe unimproved, moving the other way. But here's the deal. And this is your, your blanks on your card. I've been trying to leave you some space lately too. If you want to take other notes, feel free to always, you can always use the back or whatever for taking notes if you want, but to take something with you. But ongoing life transformation is the proof 
of God's Spirit in you. If you want to know whether God's Spirit is at work in your life, whether you have the Holy Spirit at work in your life, simply look for life transformation. Because if He's growing, if those spiritual fruit is, is growing in your life, then that is evidence that the Holy Spirit is at work in your life. Just as apples growing on an apple tree prove that it's an apple tree. And we can try to fake it, but we're simply not going to be able to... You you might get something that looks sort of like it on the surface. But you'll know that it's not real fruit if it hasn't come from the Holy Spirit because it'll just be a counterfeit. If you're not seeing much fruit today, then maybe, just maybe, it's time to submit to the gardener's hand for a little bit. It may mean some watering, or it may mean some pruning. But maybe it's time to ask for the Holy Spirit's help. He is our helper, as we've been discussing before in this series. And church, there's nothing more worshipful. No song we could sing, no words we could pray that would be more worshipful to God than a life transformed is. Life transformation. When our lives are changed, when we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and help us put to death the things of our old life and to grow this godly fruit in our lives, there is nothing more worshipful to Him. Nothing more miraculous in this world. There's no miracle that you read about in Scripture that is more miraculous than what God does in the human heart when He transforms it and turns it into something new. So, you ever wondered why it is that God's way works better than ours? Why God's fruit results in a better life than the world's? I truly believe it gets back to that what I was saying earlier. God made us a certain way. He wired us to live a certain way. His way. And when humanity rejected that, we went down a, a very different path. But this fruit of the Spirit, this is the way our lives were meant to be lived in the first place. And when we get back to that, we embrace really our true selves the way that we were meant to be living so Christians in this room your mission this week is pretty simple re-embrace God's way make sure that you're still busy about the task as it says in Romans 8.13 of putting to death the things of the flesh by the help of the Holy Spirit and make sure that you're still busy asking the Holy Spirit's help to grow this fruit that we read about in Galatians 5 in your everyday life this love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, goodness, gentleness, self-control hmm Pray and seek hard after the fruit of the Spirit. Don't try to manufacture it on your own, but ask for His help. And maybe, just maybe, you're here today and you haven't been too sure about this whole 
Jesus thing. But you're looking at these lists that we put up. See if I can find that list. And you're feeling like, man, that fruit sounds a whole lot better than the way I've been living. Jesus and His Holy Spirit are the only way to truly grow that fruit. You can try to get all that, and many people in the world do. They, they try to live their lives in a very good, moralistic way. And they try to exemplify many of the things on that list of the fruit of the Spirit. But just like a Christian who's dressing themselves up like a Christmas tree, the results are similar. You end up with a counterfeit of the real fruit. So choose God and His way today. (laughs) Admit to Him that you've had it all wrong. You need His forgiveness for your past. You need His help for your future. Determine to stop doing life on your own terms or by your own power and instead embrace the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't know if you caught that in Romans 8. One thing it said that the same power that rose Christ from the dead is at work in you. That's power, my friends. So let's stop doing life on our own terms and turn to God and His power and the Holy Spirit's help instead. And if you choose God today, I want you to come and find me, talk to me, email me, call me, message me on Facebook, text message me. There's lots of ways to get a hold of me. (laughs) But get a hold of me. And I'll talk to you about a critical, non-negotiable next step that has to happen in your faith journey. Today when we leave, the, the praise team is going to go ahead and come on up. And uh, we've got, we're going to sing a couple of songs together. And today when we leave, uh, you're going to have a little memento from today's message. And uh, I'll just let you guess. You can be in suspense until then about what it is. But uh, let's, let's pray together. Holy Spirit, I thank you for your power at work in us. I thank you, God, for your way of life. I thank you for your way of life. It's a better way of life. Believe that with all my heart. And I pray, God, today for the folks who are struggling in this world. With, hope, with hopelessness, despair, with anger in their lives, with all this stuff that happened when we rejected your way and started going our own way. Holy Spirit, help us to put to death the things of the flesh and grow in us the fruit that only you can grow. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.